We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Acts chapter 10. I'm being real, real cruel to, to Jason because he's got something to say and I'm holding him off. So that when he finally gets up here and I allow you to, that fireball is going to come out. Work last time. I guess today is the book of Acts day. Bishop taught from the book of Acts today, preached from the book of Acts today, expounded from the books of any, you put any word in there and that's what happened this morning. If you miss Sunday school, be sure and be here next Sunday for Sunday school because, uh, He's presenting some great word to us that in the beginning of 2021 is something that's going to be foundational for you this entire year. Now, I haven't seen a word that he's written down. And I've only heard what he said this morning. But if I know my bishop like I know my bishop, he's looked into the word of God for a word for us for this year. So I, I really encourage you to be here. For Sunday school next Sunday. Acts chapter 10. I'm going to take something here. Almost but not quite. What we might have heard this morning. In some sense of the word. Acts chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea. Called Cornelius. A centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man. One that feared God with all his house. Which gave much alms to the people. And prayed to God always. Verse 3 says, He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying uh, to him, well, I like this, Cornelius. In other words, I'm not talking to anybody here other than you today. So what you hear today, God's talking to you about today. Instead of putting Cornelius here, put your name there. Cornelius. And he, when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And then verse 6 says, He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. Peter not have, never got away from the water, did he? He had to be close to the water. He shall tell thee what thou oughtst to do. First of all, I, I don't read anything here where Cornelius asked God what I ought to do. I don't read here anywhere where he had the idea there's something more I need to do. But we find now that God sends a messenger to him and said, Listen, you need to call for a man named Peter. He's going to tell you what you ought to do. See, many times in church, we, we tell people what we think they need to do. What what they need what 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 needs to happen a lot of times from the pulpit is we need to tell people what they ought to do. Now, see, Americans don't like that, especially Texan Americans. The Irish love Texans. Been over there several times. When they find out you're from Texas, they don't care about the rest of the United States. They love because they know how independent we are. The Irish are very independent, and they know we have the spirit of the Irish. Don't get in my face because I'm getting back in yours. And that's the way we are here in Texas. And so me telling you what you ought to do, just let, let that settle a little bit. I'm not getting in your face. I'm not challenging your belief. Caesarea was an 
ancient Roman city located at the southwestern base of Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is a mountain cluster. It's a, it's a cluster of different mountains at the southern end of uh, anti, what's called anti-Lebanon mountain range. And it straddles the border between Syria and Lebanon. Caesarea, the city that we just read about, is, is located in today what we know as the Golan Heights. Now, Cornelius was a centurion. He was a Roman officer of highest regard. He was up there. He was on a high level. He was responsible for assigning duties to others. He was responsible for dishing out punishment when needed. And he, and he was responsible for performing administrative duties for Rome. It's apparent in our reading that although he was a centurion in the Roman Empire, in a city of Rome, he had somehow developed a relationship with God, the God of Israel. Somehow, something, someone introduced into his life God to where he, even though he was a Roman soldier living in a Roman city, doing Roman things, he had some kind of connection with God. You know, there was a time when Jesus was with his disciples and, and someone was over to the side and they were, they were speaking things and the disciples said, Jesus, you, you might ought to quiet those guys down. We, we don't know who they are and we don't know what they're Jesus said, uh, 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 stop, leave those people alone. Leave them alone. Sometimes there are people that come into our lives and, you know, we don't fully understand everything, but sometimes we just need to leave it, leave it alone. Let God do his thing. And I'm quite sure that's what the deal with the centurion was, with Cornelius. It was a place where, you know what, over this time he had been left alone. We don't find where he took regard to uh, the things of the Jews and took regard to going, going to the temple and any of those things. We just find that this man was devout. He, he, he prayed always. He gave, he gave much alms. Uh, alms is a show of, of compassion. We think of alms as money a lot of times, but the word alms here actually means a show of compassion. So even though he was a Roman soldier of high regard, he was showing compassion to people. Now, if you don't know anything about the Roman army back then, then you really don't understand that this was really way out of line for a Roman of any any, any type, especially one that was in the position that he was in to do. And because he prayed and because he was devout and because he feared God and because he gave alms, he had a vision. And in the vision, the Lord said, uh, listen, because you've done these things, because you've prayed and because you're, you were devout and because you gave alms, because you were compassionate to people, those things have come up as a memorial before God. This is what the angel said. The word memorial there in the Greek means a reminder, a reminder. In other words, as God was panning the scope of, uh, of looking of all the people in that area, God was reminded again that this man, Cornelius, who really wasn't even connected in the way we think he should have been connected, that he was continually doing these things. And so God kept hearing it and kept hearing it and kept hearing it. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Let's get our alms and our prayers going. Let's get our alms and our prayers going. He said, send men to Joppa to find Peter. That Joppa, that sounds like, almost like Joppa the hut, doesn't it? Yeah, I had to get my movie in there. So, Joppa, Joppa. Go find a man named Peter. He's going to tell you what you ought to do. Joppa today is considered to be one of the oldest cities in the world. 
It's mentioned, look back in the Old Testament, you'll find the Old Testament, but the city of Joppa is considered to be one of the oldest cities that exist in the world. Today, it's actually known as Jaffa, J-A-F-F-A, not Joppa. It's located about 35 miles northwest of Jerusalem. So if you've got a mental picture of Israel, if you don't, well, you just have to watch my fingers. Jerusalem, and so it's 35 northwest. Joppa was located about 30 miles south of Caesarea, and this is where the story takes place. Caesarea. So he had about a 30, 35 mile trip to make. Now to us, that's like going to Walmart. To them, that was several days, several days journey. This story has really always intrigued me because by all appearances, Cornelius would be an outstanding member of the church today. He would be, he would stand out among church members today. He was devout how many church members do you find are devout? He prayed to God always. How many church members do you find that pray to God always? He gave alms to the people, or in other words, he helped. How many people in the church today, I mean, he would be outstanding. He would be a person of high regard in the church today. Yet, in his day, he still needed to do something because he hadn't received everything he needed from God. You know, the, when, I, when I read this, it just reminds me again, Don, you need to look at yourself sometime. You just need to look, not compare yourself to Cornelius, but what God saw in that person, that man, created a memorial. Man, wouldn't you like to have a memorial, a reminder built up before God for your life? And I love it because God always has something for those who are faithful. You see, the things we read about Cornelius is that he was devout, faithful. He was praying all the time, faithful. He was giving all, faithful, constantly faithful, faithfulness. Being faithful means you're committed to what you know. That man was committed to what he knew. He was committed to what he knew. That's what faithfulness is. You know, a lot of times we think of faith, and faith is our, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we come into the church, there's a faithfulness God calls us into, and those are the actions or the result of our faith. Cornelius was faithful, faithful in the things that he did. Jesus told someone once, be it done according to thy faith. Faith is what takes you into faithfulness. When something God does into your life, for instance, when you were born again and came into the church, be it done according to thy faith, when you're born again, then comes this thing called faithfulness. It's actions because of the faith that you had and the result of that faith. And what happens is, in faith, as your faith grows, so does your faithfulness. So when you look at people in the church that aren't faithful, that tells you something about their faith. When you look at people that are faithful in church, it tells you something about their faith. Things come about in your life as a result of your faith, your faithfulness. The things that operate in your life as a Christian, prayer, Bible study, fasting, helping the poor, all of those things are things that are productions of being faithful to God. Why, why, why would these things be? Because that's what Jesus did. We're, we're, we're to emulate Jesus. We're to follow his pattern. What he did, we should do. And those are the things. And that was faithfulness. Many times we, uh, we become like David, though, in Psalm 13. 
You ever really read Psalm 13? It starts off real interesting. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? And I'm about to cry here for David. How long shall mine enemy be exalted? Lord? How long? How long, God? How long, God? How long? How... And that is the relationship we have with God. God, how long is this going to go on? How long am I have to put up with this? How long do I have to do this? How long? How long? How long? You understand how that grieves God? Because it's, it's, a, it's a direct reflection of the lack of faithfulness. You see, when you, when you grow in faithfulness in God, how long means nothing to you. How long that that we trap ourselves within ourselves with our troubles and our problems, and we're constantly going to God, when is this going to be over? Paul said this, when is this going to be over? And God finally said to him, my grace is sufficient. He never answered the question. So don't get trapped in how long, God, how long, God, listen, get trapped in the faithfulness part of it. God, I know that you're a faithful God. And I want to be faithful to you. If you want to hear from God, talk to Him. If you want to hear from God, talk to Him. That, that, that sounds very simple. But quite often, we, I, I told this story, I'm going to tell it again because I love telling it. There's a guy in our home church. He came to me one time. I was new in the church. I'd probably been about a year. He said, Don, God hadn't spoke to me in seven years. And I said, well, Bucky, are you, have you listened? Have you just out of, and he got mad at me. He won't talk to me about that anymore because he wanted to be real super spiritual about how God hadn't really talked to him like he used to. Listen, if, if you want to hear from God, just talk to him. He'll talk back. Pray. If, if you want to get a problem, a trouble solved, if you want something and your life changed, if you want to get direction in it, go help someone that has a problem or trouble especially the one you have. Go help someone in their dilemma instead of God saying, God, how long? How long? You know, faithfulness is when you reach out and you, have, you give alms. You help someone in their dilemma. Here's the amazing thing I have found out, that when I've had troubles and I've helped someone in that dilemma, then that trouble gets taken care of. That's just how God is. That's just how He is. It's almost amusing if it weren't for the importance of the situation that we're in in our country. It's almost amusing to me, but I have to realize that sometimes I sound almost aloof because uh, the way I talk about the politics, I won't talk politics, but the way, the, the way maybe I come across about, you know, you should just slough that off. I, I'm a believer in you vote. I'm a believer in you support. This is a great country. But it, it's become almost funny to me how some Christians are responding to this atmosphere that's in America. I almost want to laugh about it because if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. It's because, it seems that people are working off the crisis standard. The crisis standard. Do you know why you have crisis in your life? Not trouble, not problems, but crisis. Do you know why you have crisis? You weren't prepared. Simple. You'll always have trouble. Jesus said, listen, don't think that if I don't have trouble, you're not going to have it. If I'm persecuted, you're not going to be persecuted. That's all going to happen. But crisis arises in your life because you weren't prepared for it. That's why it's a crisis. And many times what happens is we work off the crisis standard. I'm speaking to the church here, okay? I'm in crisis. 
We're in crisis. The world's in crisis. When it looked as though the election might not turn out the way we thought it ought to go, all of a sudden, now let's make sure we all get out and vote, and let's make sure we pray that this goes our way. And man, that was the, some of you get mad at me already, I can tell. I'm going to tell you all today something that's going to hurt your feelings. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I'm a Christian. And that's where it ends. That's where it ends. I'm going to support my country. I'm going to believe in the things that I think God wants to give us. But I'm not going to get tagged by that ridiculousness that's going on. And that it's, it's so distracted the church that we're in crisis. The church is in crisis because we didn't prepare for what happened. We didn't prepare for what happened in this last election. We didn't prepare for it. Oh, when we saw it wasn't going to go, it's, you know, it's kind of like... Uh, my oil light keeps coming on. My oil light keeps coming on. And my oil light keeps coming on. But you know what? Rather than I, I wait till the engine boom, blows up and pull on the side of the road, now I'm in crisis. Instead of just going to Walmart for $35 and having my oil changed. And that's what we do spiritually. The spiritual light's coming on. And it's coming on. And it was coming on last year. And it was coming on the year before. And it was coming. And listen, what did we do? What did the church do? Well, we waited until the thing pulled over and blew up. Now look at it. So when they the election is finally announced, well, now it's this. Here's what crisis causes you and me to do. When we're in crisis and we weren't prepared, well, it's all over now. It's all over now. They have control of our government. It's all over now. We're in trouble. They have control of our government. No, you know what, listen, they, they just are in those positions. God has control of our government. God has control. God's will is going to be done. It's going to be done. If God can take a Cyrus, a heathen, and do the things that he did, why wouldn't he do that through a Congress, a president here? Why wouldn't he? But now we're sunk because we're in crisis. You see, there's no memorial. You realize Cornelius was in the biggest crisis of his life, and he didn't even realize it. Why? Because he had prepared. He had gone before God in prayer and giving of alms and being devout. And because he had prayer, his, what was his crisis? He wasn't born again yet. That's the biggest crisis you'll ever have in your life. It, it's, the, it's the biggest crisis you'll ever run into, not being born again, because it's an eternal crisis. It's eternal. And it, because he prepared for the crisis, it wasn't a crisis for him. God prepared a way. God, I'm telling you, it's time for us to pray and give alms and be devout. When it looked like that, things might not turn out like we, well, we got... I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of confused by this, how that the church is more interested in an election than the elect. Let's see, let that sink in for a second. We're more interested in an election. Now, some of y'all are thinking, boy, he's anti-American, and he's giving up. No, I'm not giving up. I'm not. But listen. <clears throat> The reason sometimes when you get in the situation you're in is because of your lack of preparation. The reason we're in the situation we're in 
It's because of lack of preparation. You see, we should have been praying about this last year. And we should have been praying about this when the former president, the last president that was elected, we should have been praying about the next election coming up. Well, I got four years. To, yeah, that's my famous line. Well, I got four years to take care of that. I got three years to take care of that. I got two years to take care of that. I got a whole year to take care of that. Six months is coming, but I got six months to take care of it. And we wait till the last minute, and we're not prepared for what's going on. We need to look into the spiritual realm that's, that God's trying to show us about what's going on physically here in America. Is that we've got to be prepared for what's coming. Man, I can't wait for the, the revival to break loose. Huh? Can't wait for all those things. You know, it's already broken loose. We spent a year and a half preparing for it. If you don't believe me, go get the list of the sermons preached here and go down that list and see what God was doing. I, I was flabbergasted because Pastor Don came every week, every week saying, God, would you give me something else to preach? Can I preach something else under down some other line? But there's a thing, God was preparing us, and we got prepared. And so what's happening now? We're going to be able to see the things that God's wanting to do in the spirit realm. Not between the Democrats and Republicans. Can I, can I encourage you to do something today? Love your country. Love your country. But love God more. Take, take eye and ear to your country, but take eye and ear to God more. That, that's important. Then finally, when the election is announced, let me ask you a question. Do you believe God today? Do you really believe God today? Do you believe His Word? Do you trust Him? My Bible tells me that God sets up kingdoms and takes down kingdoms. He sets men in position and takes them down. God, that's what God's doing. Don't, don't be afraid of what God's doing. Don't, don't look in the physical because, listen, there are many times in Scripture God did some things in, in the spirit that in the physical they were like, dude, this, why did you bring us here to die? God's trying to deliver you. Well, we'd be better off being slaves. God's trying to deliver you. And you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see in spirit because you're living in flesh. And a lot of times in today's world, our, the church can't see in spirit because we're so busy in the flesh. We're so busy responding to what's going on in the flesh. It's like, you know, I've, I've got a cancer, and so what I need to do for, for my cancer is to eat more oranges. That makes no sense, does it? Absolutely. Thank you. That's like having the flu and wiping your nose with a Kleenex and expecting to get well. Your nose sniffling is not the problem. It's just a symptom of the problem. And the problem we've run into in America is that we keep playing the symptom when we don't even look at the problem. Y'all were expecting a fireball today, weren't you? <laughs> I can tell. We can't operate on the crisis standard, church. Did God intervene in crisis in Scripture? Sure He did. But here's what you will find out. 
God intervened in crisis because someone previously had prayed and talked to him about it. When the process, when crisis arose, someone had already been in touch with God about it, spoke to God about it, and God said, fear not. Don't be We've had this discussion. Moses, I told you to go tell them, and you told them. And I set them free, like I said, and they're, here they come. And we're now at the Red Sea. Moses, just stick that stick up in the air. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Take that stick and just stick it up in the air. Sometimes God asks us to do things that seem so crazy and obnoxious. But if we'll just do it, the Red Sea will part in your life. The, the thing that you see is, they were more scared of what? The Red Sea or the armies coming to meet them? They, were, they would rather be connected to the armies. Enslavement for 400 more years. That's what they'd rather do. They were, more, they were more scared of the Red Sea. So God said, let me take you what, what you're most afraid of. What are you most afraid of today? What are you most afraid of today? If you'll connect to God with it, He'll split that Red Sea for you. But you got to, there's some alms that have to be given. There's some prayer that has to be put. There's some devoutness and some, some faithfulness that has to happen. You ever met the candy stick God? My grandpa was the candy stick God. And so that's what I am now, the candy stick God. Whatever, you know, Jude wants it. Well, I'm the candy stick. I give it to him. He knows that. He's very quick when, you know, it's time to get goldfish. He doesn't go to Jamal. He's, he, she'll, she'll put him on a leash. She'll give him 10, and that's it. Papa takes the whole box out and lets him reach his hand down in the box. It's a good thing God doesn't operate like Papa. Because we'd find ourselves with a handful of mess. Eating things we ought not be eating and eating too much of it. Not good for us. That's why that God gives Grandma and Grandpa. So that one can gauge and help the other. But listen, God operates. He doesn't operate on the crisis standard. He will operate in your crisis. But He doesn't operate on the crisis standard. God operates in faithfulness, not crisis. He operates when you're faithful, not because you have a crisis. In the times of crisis in the Old Testament, he operated according to a person's faith. Cornelius had his crisis, didn't even realize it. There was more to a relationship. What a crisis. But the crisis that he was in, did, it didn't dictate to God the move in his life. God didn't look at Cornelius and say, man, you need help. God said, man, you're a prayer warrior. Man, you're, you give and help people. You're devout. God looked at his faithfulness, not his crisis. And God responded to the position Cornelius was in of needing a Savior because of his faithfulness, not his crisis. Because we're all born into this world under that crisis, needing a Savior. We're all born into that. But that wasn't God's response to him because of that. What, listen, let's go back... Goes back to God's original pan. You know, it's a very simple thing. We we reap what we sow. Whatever harvest you prepare for in your life is the harvest you're going to reap. What whatever harvest you prepare for in life is the harvest you're going. You know, don't think you can sit on the front porch every day of the week, and become a millionaire. 
you got to go to work or play the lottery. You got to do something. You can't just sit there. There's a faithfulness in us that has to rise up because whatever we sow into, we're going to reap it. Now, the Bible does say that there will be times when there were those that didn't sow into something, but, got, but they reaped out of something somebody else sowed into. All of us do that. All of us do that. How many of you invented electricity? But you're sure reaping the benefit of it. Understand there's a portion of that. But understand that's, what, that's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about what you sow, what you prepare what you do is going to be what you get. This nation isn't in trouble because of the current election. I've heard of several people say, we're in trouble now. Nope, we've been in trouble for decades. Man, when we took God out of the schools and prayer out of the schools and God out of, the, out of just normal life and prayer out of it, when we said, well, you know, well, you understand that that's the way you believe, so you can do that. And we understand that you don't believe at all, so you can do that. And we understand that, well, y'all like that kind of weird stuff, but you can do that. You can put on, we just won't watch that channel. And here's the funny thing I've noticed about people who do that. There goes that channel. They go back and there goes, they, they, they go back and forth on the channels, but they always cross over that same channel they shouldn't be looking at. Looking for channel to look at? Isn't that interesting? You know, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. But I, I've watched you. <laughs> we failed to invest in today, yesterday. Yesterday. What you pray about today is very significant because it's for today. But it builds a memorial it's a reminder to God later on. What you, what you talked about to God about today is important because it's for today. This word here today is for today. But what you pray about and what you do in the, in the kingdom of God builds a memorial that will go with you through your life. We didn't prepare back then, so we have no memorial today. That's, that's why we're in the situation we're in. Listen, listen. Can we just... You know, Bishop said it earlier today. It will be a, it will be a fantastic thing for the church when we finally become transparent. Oh, Pastor, we're transparent at Tabernacle of Praise. No, we're not. We just like to think we are. We're not trans. Do you know what transparent means, right? Okay, let me show you. I'm using a word here, a big word for Pastor Don. Transparent. It's important that we become transparent. It's important that we come to the place. See, this is part of how faithfulness begins to build in faith. Is when you're not worried about me judging you for something you did or didn't do, or if I'm not worried about you judging me for something I did and didn't do, and when I know that you have my best intent and that I have your best intent, and, and, and we know, now, I'm not, we're not having a service next week for everybody to come up here and tell you, tell everybody what you did and didn't do. That's not, oh, my pastor's going to want me to do, repeat my sins in front of everybody. No. But you know what? Do we, do we all struggle? Absolutely. Do we all have troubles? Absolutely. What transparency does, it allows me to go to a brother, a brother that, or a sister, someone that I trust, and say, listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You know, I, I have ought against you. 
or you have ought against me, or this is a problem I'm having here, or this is, and just be able to, knowing that that person is going to say, listen, let's talk to God about this. And they will always lead you. I, I love something that Bishop said earlier when we were back in the back. You know, you put somebody, I, I thought a little different than he explained it. He said, if you back somebody into a corner, and I thought, yeah, they're going to come out fighting. <laughs> but if you don't give a person a way to, to come out and come out gracefully, then you, you, you sentence them to hell. You don't give them an opportunity. And that's what transparency does. It allows us to have grace in our lives. And when we become transparent, what will happen is the multiplication of, of things in our life, whether it's souls, whether it's healings, whether it's power, all of those things. God will give you what He can trust you with. God can, that's why, I'm going to use Bishop again, that's why Paul went through what Paul went through and Pastor Don is not going through that. Because God couldn't trust Pastor Don with what Paul went through. Because God knew Pastor Don couldn't go what, through what Paul went through and make it. We don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, I, know I can feel some of you now. I could do it. I could do it. Okay, I'm going to set it up. We're going to video it. It's going to be our own little secret. Let's just see how long we make it. Mm-mm. Don't even want to go there. God is going to trust you and give you with what he can trust you with. And the more faithfulness you have. What did, what did Jesus, when he was talking, he was talking about giving and mammon and those things. He said, but, you know, if you're faithful in the small, the, the least, it says, which is little, the small things, then what will happen? Man, that's pretty simple. Let's see, Jesus, I know that's not trig, it's not algebra, it's not even geometry, it's not even high school-related math, it's not even junior high math. You know, it's something we learned in elementary. It's very elementary. If you're just faithful, man, I want all these things. Be faithful. I would love to be faithful. I like the fact that, and I'll move on from this, and, and, and I'll finish. I like the fact that when we saw all this going down in our country, boy, people were jumping in the voting booth, and people were praying fervently. People, uh, expecting something to actually happen. There is an expectation that God has from us. And that's faithfulness. Now, listen, we're not talking about working your way into heaven or working your way into God's favor or work, n nothing like that at all. Faithfulness is a direct result of your faith in your Savior. The more faith you have in your Savior, Savior, the more faithfulness blossoms out of your life. That's why getting, in the, getting on prayer, giving on alms, being devout and all those things, those were things that what little Cornelius knew about this God, he could be faithful in it, and he would give his all. I think that probably the only thing that saved him from ridicule was that he was the boss. He was the one in place of telling everybody what to do and where to go. 
what kind of punishment was to deal out. You know, had he been a foot soldier doing this, he might have had a different story. He might have had a different story. He might have been persecuted by the other soldiers. He may, may have been ridiculed by another centurion. He may, who knows? We don't know that. That's speculation. Here's what we do know that didn't happen. That didn't happen solely because he was faithful. I heard someone say not long ago about our current situation. God will show them who God is. We're, we're going we're gonna to do this and we're going to show them who our God is. Can I say something to you? We don't qualify God. God qualifies us. We don't qualify God. We don't tell God what He's going to do because we're going to show the heathen who we are. We don't do you know that. That's God's business. But 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 a lot of a, a lot in the Christendom movement was standing up. We're, we're going to show them the power of God. No, let God show His power through us. Listen, we don't, we don't suddenly rise up for a cause when we haven't invested with a care. Don't suddenly rise up in a cause if you haven't been in, uh, investing in the care of the cause. It's foolish. It gets you into trouble. It'll get you hurt. So this brings us back to Cornelius, and I'll finish. So Peter leaves Joppa, goes to Caesarea. He meets Cornelius, and Peter reveals to him who Jesus Christ is. Now, Cornelius didn't have any questions about who Jesus Christ is. And he didn't have any idea that he needed to know who Jesus Christ was. All he knows is somebody's coming to tell me what I ought to do. So he tells, he says, listen, Cornelius, let me tell you about, you know, I, I had the deal you had and we had those visions and all this. Let me tell you, here's the lowdown on it. Here's what happened. That Jesus was an anointed son of God full of the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good. I'm paraphrasing. You can read it. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He was crucified and he raised, was raised again on the third day. So he's explained it. He hasn't yet explained anything what he ought to do. He hasn't said a word. He's, why is that? Oftentimes, we want to tell people what they ought to do before we ever tell them why or who or what. You ought to live a life righteous unto God, okay? Which God? Which God? Is it Allah? Money? Person? No, first we got to talk about the God. We got to talk about you. You need to know what you ought to do. Well, first let me tell you about the God that's been talking to you. It says in Acts chapter 10, I'll never forget this, y'all, and I'm closing, I promise. When I first came into the church, don't laugh at me, Bishop, that when I first came into the church, this was one of the most outstanding verses that I got a hold of, of what happened because it made me realize something. It says, now, now, while Peter yet spake these words, what words? You need to receive the Holy Ghost today. He didn't say that. You need to be baptized today. He didn't say that. What, he, what did he say? Jesus was anointed. And Jesus went about doing good. And Jesus went about healing those that were oppressed of the devil. And Jesus was crucified. And Jesus rode from the third day. And while he's telling this story, 
You want to make this really simple for you? If you tell the story of Jesus, man, I'm, going to use it. I'm not going to pick on you today. I'm not going to pick on you today. I'm going to pick on Jason. All you got to do is tell his story. And while Jason yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them in the, where he was living. And where he was, that's the expression of what this really is talking about. It fell on who? All that heard the word. So that tells me that maybe all that were there heard the word. doesn't necessarily mean that all that were there. It just means that all that heard the Holy Ghost fell. Listen, if you're not hearing the word, no Holy Ghost has fallen. This, this really grabbed a hold of me when I came, first came into the church. If, if you're not listening to the word, there's no Holy Ghost operating in your life. If, if you're not hearing the word, man, it's awful quiet. Let me get finished here. So. And the news that came with Peter was, or the Jews that came with Peter, that, because Peter, Peter knew, hey, I'm a Jew, and I'm going to go down here, and these guys are Gentiles, and I know when I get back, the church is going to call me on the carpet. He knew that. He said, so come on, take seven guys with me. Seven's a very n- nice number. I'm going to take seven guys with me. And, we're going to, and so those Jews that were there that came with him were astonished that the Holy Ghost fell on these Gentiles as it had them on, in, just like them in the beginning. Ha, ha, turn with me, Acts chapter 10. This is where I'm going to close. They of the circumcision, verse 45, which believed were astonished. So these were believing Jews. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was put out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So what has, what has Peter told them to do yet? What they ought to do? So maybe he's not telling them what they ought to do, but he's telling them what they get to do. Because you don't find anywhere. Can, and, and then Peter answered Peter. So somebody ask a question. Because you don't answer if somebody doesn't ask you a question. Verse 47. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Now he's telling them something to do. All because of faithfulness. All of this came about in Cornelius' life because of faithfulness. I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would. The thing I've noticed in Scripture, and this is the thing that jumped out to me the most in Acts chapter 10, was that it kept coming up heard, 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 heard. They heard, they heard, they heard. You know what faithfulness will do for you? It'll cause you to hear. It'll cause you to hear. If you had some questions in your life you can't get answered, faithfulness. 
Are there some situations that you need a resolution? Faithfulness. There's some things you don't understand? Faithfulness. I'm not not, not coming to Sunday school. I don't understand. Bishop uses words that I don't understand. So I'm always looking in the dictionary. Somebody actually told me this, y'all. I'm always looking in the dictionary trying to figure out what he's saying. Yeah. If you'll just listen, you'll hear. If there's a faithfulness in your life, you will hear. You'll hear what God wants you to hear. You understand that in Caesarea there were outside factions. This is a man that we would consider a general or an admiral or someone like that in our army here. Our Navy here, our Air Force, who whatever the top. This is this is a guy that was considered that. So there was some weight carried there, but there was responsibility as well. So you know there were outside forces. But understand this, when you're faithful, God takes care of the outside forces. And oh, by the way, when Peter and his buddies went back, they didn't get in trouble with the Roman Empire. They didn't get in trouble with the non-believers. They got in trouble with the churchgoers, the church elders, the church leaders. What are y'all doing going down there with them Gentiles? You know, nasty, nasty. Go off for a sacrifice. That's how it was to them. And so Peter rehearsed it with them again. And now they're astonished. So not only when you're faithful do you hear, but when you're faithful, other people become astonished. When you're faithful, other people become astonished. Why is that? Because they see and hear God in your life. It all is based on faithfulness. Pastor, I'm faithful. You know, listen, I can look and tell you today, you folks are faithful. But faithfulness is not about being here on Sunday. That, that's, that it's good to be faithful to the house of God. But faithfulness is not about being here on Sunday. It's what you do outside of here. That's where faithfulness comes in into a Christian's life. When we're apart from one another, going about doing the things that Jesus did, we, in our faithfulness, we should be praying always. In our faithfulness, we, we should be giving alms to others. In our faithfulness, we should be devout. You ever seen somebody you knew claim to be a Christian, and when it came up in a group, they just, I don't blah, 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 blah. Not devout. What does it mean to be devout? Devout means you're sold out. So we got some devout fans of different groups here today. Won't go into that. You're sold out. Your team didn't even make it to the playoffs, but you're sold out. Your team was like losing this total loser this year. You're devout still. Why you? Why would you be devout to a loser, someone that doesn't make it? There's a reason. Because you love the team. Because you love that you like their colors, you love their who's and what's, and this has always been a part of my life. You know, being do you, do you love the team? Are you devout? The team is God's team. 
Are you, do, you, do you love the team? You love the colors? Yeah, what? So, well, Pastor Don, don't go there. You're not being politically correct. I watched something last night that reminded me of something. What we need in today's churches is pastors who are like Don Rickles. Some of you don't even know who that is. But Don Rickles never met a person that he couldn't put down for fun. He wasn't a mean guy. He wasn't. People said he was the sweetest guy. But you know what it is? He just told things as they were. You know what? I love the colors of this team. Because they all are the same. Red. Oh, yeah, you're a little different than me on the outside. Aren't you glad? <laughs> but we got the same red color inside because we're the same. Faithfulness. Only when you seek God are you going to find Him. That's faithfulness. Only when you sow seeds into things, faithfulness. You know, sowing seeds is faithfulness, right? Okay. That's why farmers do it every spring. And, and, and if they want a winter crop, they'll do it at the end of summer. And, and if they want a spring crop, they'll do things in the fall. There's a faithfulness in them that they know when it's time to. Church, without this sounding uh, anti-American, because I'm trying not to make you think that Pastor Don is anti-American, because I'm not. Could we in 2021 be so faithful to God and less faithful to everything else? Be so faithful to God that everything in our faithfulness is Him first. I'm going to open this altar this morning because whether we like to realize it or not, a lot of times our faithfulness wanes and it wanes because of us. It's not the outside forces. It's not the election. It's not COVID. It's not any of that stuff. Our faithfulness just wanes. And it wanes because of what we started with today. What we started in the very beginning today. It wanes because we simply get used to Jesus. We simply get used to Jesus. By Him were all things made. By Him were all things made, the Scripture says. By Him. There's no way to go to the Father that is the Spirit except by Him. They baptized in His name. We get, well listen, apostolics, come on, look, look at me. We get so used to it that we forget how amazing it actually is. And what faithfulness will do in your life, it will bring that amazement back. It'll bring that amazement. When you get serious and get faithful with God about everything, you know, God, what color of pants should I wear today? That's not faithfulness, that's idiocy. Faithful is God. Who are you going to put in front of me today? Is it going to be somebody that needs some help? That I can speak a word into their life and help them? Or maybe give them 20 bucks and help them with their 
food on their table, or maybe I maybe they're distraught in spirit and I can pray with them. That's giving alms. And as you're speaking these things, you're doing the thing that Cornelius did. He's talking to God every day. Not only did he do it every day, he was so devout. The church is going to show the church this year. What does that mean? That means there's going to be those who say, I believe him. And those that won't say, I don't, they just won't. Buckle up for 2021. Buckle up for 2021. Because Bishop talked about it this morning. We didn't talk about what we were going to talk about, but the survivors of 2021 will be the faithful. The survivors will be the faithful. The faithful are never seen begging. The the faithful God will take care of. Lord Jesus, your people are a precious people called out from amongst the world with purpose in their life. And God, for, and for whatever purpose, all of us here together, myself included, all of us that are in this building today, God, we want to reestablish faithfulness in our lives. We understand that some things have come into our lives because we just weren't faithful. We didn't prepare. But God, you don't contemn us over it. You let us see it so that we can grow in it and become what you want us to be, and that's the church. So God, I'm asking you to help every one of us today. We've got to become transparent as a people. We've got to become transparent as a people. That, that comes first when we trust you. When we trust you. And in trusting you, we can trust one another. In serving you, we can serve one another. God, help Tabernacle of Praise become transparent in 2021. That not just us amongst us see, but those that are outside this building, outside these four walls, God, that there's a transparency that they see that they will hunger after because that's what the world is after. That's what our country's after. They want somebody that's real, and that's what transparency is. It's just being real, being who you are, being what you say you are, saying and doing what you say and do. Help us, Lord. We have a purpose and a divine calling in Kennedale and the surrounding area. But it's going to take transparency and faithfulness. It's going to take us, Lord, buckling our shoes, buckling our belts, putting our helmets on, and getting out there, being transparent, being faithful. Work through your spirit this morning, Lord. I, as pastor of this church, need to be transparent. I, I need to be faithful. God, that I would be devout. That I would be called a Cornelius. Willing to give. Willing to pray. Willing to listen. Willing to hear.
Just talk to the Lord this morning. Church, each one of us, just we all know where we're at. And if we don't, God can reveal it. Talk to God right now just for a moment. Not much longer. And let God speak to you about your faithfulness. Jesus' name. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.